Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody, Richard Bliss Brooke here with Bliss Business for yet another Hero Call podcast. So every other week for the past three years, maybe three and a half years, we have tracked down somebody in the network marketing profession that has done the absolutely extraordinary. They are not average. They are extraordinary. They've knocked it out of the park. And what we learn in these hero calls is how did they do it? What, how did they de- demystify the mysterious secret of why is it that some people take advantage of this extraordinary income opportunity in such a powerful way and other people don't? And what we always find in these hero calls is Whatever the extraordinary person did to build this phenomenal business, any of you listening can do. This is also a good time for a disclaimer. So the hero calls are, as we said, interviewing extraordinary people. They are not average people. People ask me, what does the average person in network marketing earn? I think the answer to that is nothing. The average person tries. The average person you know, plays around with it for a few days or a few weeks, and if they don't get a bunch of people to agree with them and jump on board with them, they decide it's not worth it, and they quit. And so this is an opportunity, whether you're earning $500 a month or $5,000 a month, this is an opportunity not just to earn money. You know, all of us can earn money just doing more of what we already do. Or go get a part-time job being a Walmart greeter. You can make $500 a month. You don't have to talk to your friends. You don't have to motivate yourself. You don't have to learn about a product. All you have to do is put the blue smock on. Show up. As long as you show up, they're not going to fire you. And tell people, uh, welcome to Walmart. (laughs) And you'll make $500 a month. The difference here, folks, is we're building asset income. You know, $500 a month in network marketing where you get people that fall in love with your product line and they keep buying it month in and month out. And maybe you got a few people that are also building a $500 a month income for themselves. That's an asset. That's not a linear Walmart income. That is a little business that you own. And that $500 a month is worth 200 times what 500 bucks from Walmart is worth. Somebody that builds 
a $5,000 a month income in network marketing with bulletproof products that have proven that people buy them over and over and over again, they've built a million-dollar business. And so the challenge, which we'll learn from our guest uh, tonight, how to, what the challenge is and how to overcome the challenge, is how do you stay motivated in the first year or two when you're not earning that much money but you're building that business? How do you keep your eye on the prize? How do you keep focused on the vision as opposed to, you know, the challenge of launching a new business? How do you stay the course so that five, six, seven years later, you've built a, an, a, an asset that's worth 200 times the income? Today's guest is one of my favorite network marketers of all time. He has uh, one of the most inspirational immigration stories. I just read a stat today that um, – 44% of the Fortune 500 companies in America were started or are run by immigrants. And this guy's just got one of the most inspirational immigrant stories on the planet where he, he landed in the United States as a teenager alone without any support structure, without any family, without any money, and he didn't speak English. He came here to go to college, and he didn't speak English. And I met him when he was a pizza delivery guy, <laughs> a pizza delivery guy with a dream. And what we're going to talk about tonight is how he went from being a pizza delivery guy that spoke really bad English um, of course, how he got to even be a pizza delivery guy is a story in itself, but how he went from being a pizza delivery guy to owning a multi-multi-million dollar business, a business that does $40 million a year in sales and growing. How he did that through network marketing is worth paying attention to. And it's not just his accomplishments that inspire me about this individual. He's one of the most principled leaders that I know in network marketing. He built his empire based on philosophies, principles, dedication to habits, and he doesn't waver from them. He doesn't compromise. He doesn't settle, and he's never taken any shortcuts. And the wisdom that he's going to impart to us today, boy, is worthy of you listening to 20 times, and it's worthy of you sharing with everybody on your team. Today we're talking to Mr. Andy Dooley in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Andy? Richard, uh, good to be on this call and thank you for those kind words. And uh, I, I also got to say that you are one of the finest leaders I know as well. I met you at a time when I had just joined this profession and I was brand new and your belief and your story uh, truly uh, inspired me so much, and, uh, and your knowledge has been great throughout the year. So, so great to be on the call with you. Thanks, Andy. So let's dive in. <laughs> I know you've told this story a thousand times. If you've told it, told it ten thousand times. Who were you as a young boy? Where were you? And how did you find your way to the United States of America? 
So born and raised in a very poor family in Albania, uh, grew up during the harsh years of communism. Uh, my country was under the Russian regime. And I remember just uh, most days having power uh, just a few hours a day, having running water just a few hours a day, two, three hours a day, uh, most nights going to bed hungry. And that was my life for about 18 years. And all over the world, people, people have a dream. And one of their biggest dreams uh, is uh, if I can just get to America. So growing up as a kid, of course, you know, we all know about America. And, and my biggest dream was, gosh, if I can just make it there, if I can just land there, everything is going to be great. And so I, uh, I came to America when I was 18 years old. I begged my parents, say, guys, send me there. I promise I'll make it big. I have a dream, and I will support you. And my parents didn't have much, but everything they had, their whole retirement, their whole savings, they, they put that on me so I could come to America, pursue an education. So I came to the States literally with nothing but a dream by myself, 18 years old. I uh, didn't know a soul in this country. I, I just came here for a better life and for a chance. And so tell us, tell us specifically, I think when people visualize that, they say, well, how do you do that? Like, I'm even interested, Andy, in the plane ride. Like, where did you fly out of in Albania? And what was that like? To Was that the first time you'd ever been on a plane? And where did you fly to? And where did you land in the United States? And how did you tackle not speaking English? Yeah, it's uh, interesting you asked me that. I had totally forgotten about that. So I flew to Rome, from Albania to Rome, and I spent uh, spend the night there, 24 hours back then. Uh, they didn't, you know, the, 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 the connections weren't, you know, the, the best. So I spent a night in Rome, and then from Rome I flew to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, first time in an airplane. When I landed in Atlanta, oh, my gosh. The, I mean, it was like the, the, the airport was probably bigger than the town I grew up in Albania <laughs> and, sure and uh, talk about, you know, overwhelmed. So I was overwhelmed. I was scared. I, I knew a few words, dog and cat and thank you and please. I, mean, I knew. <laughs> so when, when I landed there, I'm looking at my ticket, I'm looking at my time and I'm stressing out. And uh, so um, I uh, didn't know whom to ask. So I, I, I stopped somebody. I showed them the ticket. And I just said, please help. And he tried. He he spoke a few words. He tried to give me direction, and I, I guess he could see my face like a deer in the headlights. So he said, "Just come with me." And he literally, you know, dragged me from where I was, and he took me to the gate. And uh, so that was just. I mean, that was very special. I mean, I, I never forgot that that person. And then uh, at the gate, I, uh, I I see a McDonald's. I mean, I, you know, there was a uh, McDonald's. So here I am, hungry, thirsty, long flight, nine hours over the ocean, so I go to the McDonald's, I'm looking at the, the whole thing, I'm trying to order, very busy, and um, so here yeah, I'm trying to, you know, order a meal, and that kid couldn't quite understand what I was trying to say, she said something, which I have no idea what she said, she turned around, she left, and I kind of felt like a sore thumb there alone, so I'm thinking, what's another, uh, you know, night going to bed hungry and thirsty, I turned around, I caught the next plane, 
and uh, I, uh, I I flew to uh, Oklahoma City, Edmond, Oklahoma. Went to a you know went to a dormitory there. You know went to the dorms. There was a language institute school at University of Central Oklahoma, and so I attended that for a couple of months. You know very intense, eight, nine, ten hours a day, where I was just you know, reading, listening to uh, the, you know, the TV, uh, the professor, gosh, they're so, I mean, bless their heart, they're so patient, and, uh, the, you know, drawings, dictionaries, I mean, just so, so that's how it started. So I learned enough English to pass certain tests so I could enroll in college and I had to enroll in college in order for me to uh, to stay current you know with my visas so I, I, I enrolled in college a couple of months later uh, still very broken English so uh, so school was not really my my favorite thing <laughs> and so where did you live and tell us how you ended up a pizza guy so my, my, my first job in, uh, uh, in the Midwest was for an ice cream place, uh, was uh, Brahms Ice Cream, then picked up a second job for Pizza Hut. I was a cook, and uh, gosh, for a year and a half, I mean, it took me a year and a half to save enough money going to school and working to jobs I could buy my very first car. I bought the car, and my roommate had this great idea, saying, Andy, you can make more money if you become a pizza delivery driver because now you can get tips, you know, make sure you smile big and compliment the pets and, you know, delivery driver. So I quit both jobs, became a delivery driver, and uh, picked up a second uh, pizza delivery driver a job. At this point, I had dropped college. Actually, what had happened is I got a letter from school that said your GPA is 1.6, and unless you can bring the GPA over 2.0 this semester, you know, you'll be expelled. So I was basically on probation. Well, I did not want to be expelled, and I didn't have enough confidence in me to bring my GPA over 2.0 that semester, so I dropped college for good. And uh, here I am, a delivery driver. I did that for about seven, eight years. At this time, I had a young family, and I'd been praying and searching for a way out, for a breakthrough. Each year, I found myself a little bit further behind, and I got myself into a bunch of debt, buy now, pay later. And, uh, and, you know, I applied for so many different jobs. No one gave me a chance. I had no experience. I had no degree. I, had, I didn't have a very healthy self-image growing up in communism. Talk about psychic damage, no freedom of speech. And uh, I come from poverty. My parents, my grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, uh, you know, I, I just, n- nobody had anything. And uh, so no, no skills, nobody gave me a chance. And, uh, and, and I met a guy in church. And I always tell people, I guess timing is everything. This guy caught me at a time when I was opened, I was searching, I was looking, and I was just ready for something else. And he shared with me the business. What exactly did he say, Andy? This is, I think, so important for people. You know, everybody's like, so deeply ingrained in finding the right words to say to a prospect. And I'm always interested in in people that have gone on to build a $40 million business 
what were the words, the, what was the pitch, what was the, the uh, presentation that compelled you to take a look? I found the guy very intriguing. We met in a class in church. He was very nice. We got to talk, and he was, he was present, and he, he just asked me questions, what I did for a living, you know, my story, where I came from, and he, he seemed very interested in me and my story. And, wow. Uh, and, uh, he, was so, a, he was an artist. He, he was a professional. He was yes. a total, you know, a professional, and and, and I just and then in return I asked him what he did for a living, and uh, very nonchalantly talked about entrepreneurship. He had a you know home-based business, worked for himself, and uh, just briefly about the great company, great culture, great people. He was on track. He shared kind of his goal with me, and uh, he looked at me and said, "I, I believe you'd be great at that." And then he just kind of changed the subject. And, uh, well, I was looking. I was broke. I was struggling. So I said, Chris, tell me more. And uh, he gave me a little bit more, very briefly, maybe a 20-second story. And he said, I'll give you some more information later. And then he just started, you know, asking me more questions. We just started talking well, gosh, I could not wait to talk to the – I mean, he made me want to learn about his business. And, uh, and after the whole thing, after he gave me the information, I mean, looking back today, I, I wonder – I mean, I, I said yes on the spot. But, you know, looking back today, I wonder if I said yes, if he had tried to kind of chase me or if I sense a, I need you, take a look at my business, or if I felt kind of, you know, if he was hunting me, but instead – he paid, you know, he was present, asked me questions. He found my need, and he said, I think I can help. You'd be great in my business. And so I found that approach really intriguing. Wow. So you took a look, and you got involved. And so tell us about that. Like, what was your start like? You know, one of the things we like to tell people is, you know, as a new distributor, you don't think about how important your start is. You probably don't even think how important your product story is. But your product story and your start in the business, like how fast you start in your first 90 days, how coachable you are, how uh, little you procrastinate, how much you execute – on the things that your sponsor tells you to do, those things become your story forever. I mean, if you're talking to somebody, if you're giving a speech 10 years later about what people ought to do in the business, you got to tell your story, and your start is always your start. You can't change that story. So what was your product story? What was your, more importantly, what was your launch story? What did you do with his instructions. So, so the, the first thing he did is he talked to me about, you know, the, you know, the, the dreams he attached, my, the outcome I wanted with the business. And I, I really appreciated the fact that he didn't tell me it's going to be three months, six months. He talked to me a four or five year plan. 
and uh, he he kind of talked about hey you know you're trying to go you're trying to finish school four years later you you've got student loans you know and then you maybe you may you, you may find a great job the business you know no difference so he kind of gave me a long term perspective he gave me the right expectation right then maybe he knew all my challenges he knew i had no contacts i told him chris my my cup is empty I'm open, show me, teach me, I'm hungry, I love people, I'm willing to learn, I'm not afraid of work, just, just show me and I will do. And so he gave me the wrong, I mean, the, the wrong perspective, and then uh, he asked me for a commitment to be there a year from that point. And somehow he talked to me about, you know, the first few months, maybe the, even the first year, it's probably going to be your learning curve. So don't expect anything big. But if you're here a year from now, Sometimes it takes a whole year to see the milestone. So a four or five year plan now if you learn, if you grow, he talked to me about personal development, if you apply, if you get connected, stay connected, and you and you do some of the principles I'm gonna teach you, he said you can actually get there sooner, faster, and uh, so um so yeah, it's uh, just just uh, you know he gave me a good track to, to, to run on and he gave me the right expectations, and uh, the the and then and then he he said, Andy, it's all about your story. You know, he asked me, how would you feel if you made, let's say, a thousand dollars your very first month? Well, a thousand bucks for me at the time was a small fortune. I didn't have a thousand dollars laying around. I said, gosh, I would be excited. I mean, I would believe more. He said, well, picture that. Now, you know, I'll show you what you can do, but you only have one chance to make your first month story. So he asked me all I, all I had, you know, concentration, focus, intensity, and uh, all I had, you know, that first 30 days, but especially that first 90 days. And uh, that's, that's what I did. And so how did you do? How many people did you personally enroll in the first 90 days? So, so I tried one, one other company uh, before, did not quite pan out. Uh, my current company was the second one. And yep. even though I was so broke, I mean, my, I had a honking car. I believed in the business. I knew that the business worked. So uh, when, I, when, I, when I launched my, 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 my business, I, I just, I, I literally, all I knew to do was I had a new vision, I had a new dream, and I just spent probably 85, 90% of my working hours showing the plan. So my first 90 days, I sponsored over 25 plus people, and uh, you know, and, and that first year, I spo and at that time, I was giving a lot of people away to the team. I, I understood that I understood the concept of building depth. So that first year, I sponsored 75 uh, plus people. That really gave me, uh, uh, you know, a great foundation, a great launch of my business. So. I think people listening to this, Andy, are, are wondering, how did you sponsor 75 people? And, you know, there's a psychology to that that is the most important thing. It's not where did you find people and what did you say to them. And, but it is, what was the conversation you had with yourself that you actually believed that led you to talk to so many people and talk to them in a powerful way. What was the story you told yourself about you 
and this income opportunity that you believed? When you grow up dirt poor, when you have people back home counting on your success, when you have mom and dad struggling, when you have your, your, your whole family just literally worry about what they're going to eat next, you know, the, the challenges we face in business, to me, they are just easy. I mean, most people, how we feel sometimes comes from the contrast we contrast things with. And most people, I mean, they, 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 they have not traveled to see what's it like in other countries. So, so my conversation with myself was, this is my only way out. I focused on what was on the other side, kind of like working out. I feel great. I look great. I train hard. I don't always enjoy the process of that, that hour in the gym or that run or that jog, but I focus on the outcome, what comes after it, how I will feel, and I've got this picture of health and vitality and energy, and by the, in the same time, I, I picture what would happen if I, don't, if I don't do this, and I picture the, you know, being sick, no energy, being overweight, you know, being in hospital beds, and just, you know, so I, pick, I have both pictures, and I can't help but, but just, just go and, and, and just go do. And then what we do somehow becomes, becomes a habit. And then in the beginning, it was just kind of hard, but then, like, my, my prospecting time at the time was at 1 p.m. Uh, 1 p.m., uh, you know, 1 p.m. came. No matter what I did, I dropped everything for the next two, three hours. I smiled and dialed. I did three-way calls. I, <laughs> I, pro- I did nothing but I, I was in the presence of the prospect. And the last thing I did, you know, Richard, is I, I fell in love with the whole process. I, I just, like even today, I, I love the business. I love people, and I understand the whole concept of passive, residual, leveraged income. I can win the lottery tomorrow, which I don't play the lottery, but if I, if I, were, if I were given millions and millions, I would still do this business with as much passion because it set me and my family free, and I know what it can do for people that have a dream and for people that are willing to pursue their dream. You know, you, you just said in the last minute... <clears throat> Uh, a book or a university course worth of wisdom on the mindset that a sales leader needs to have to be successful. So I'm going to back you up and have you drill down on a couple of these things. Being present for the prospect. Well, no, we'll go before that. Blocking the time. So, you know, we all have 24 hours a day, and, of course, everybody says, I don't have time, and even people building a business say, you know, the biggest challenge is I don't have time. But what's really going on is they don't have priority. And so, you know, you blocked out the time, which you committed to make it a priority no matter what. And so that created the time. So I want you to speak to that a little bit, and then I'm going to have you speak to being present to the prospect. So to talk about, like, where did the idea of blocking the time uh, come from? How, how many opportunities did you have to be tempted to collapse that and do something else? And, like, how did it pay off for you energetically? The, the, I, I guess, you know, 
progress is a great motivator. You know, because I started reading some good books, I started to prospect, and because I prospected, I got some enrollments. Because I got some enrollments, I got a, I got a paycheck or two. Because I got a paycheck, I got a little bit more inspired, which made me uh, want to uh, prospect more, which made me see some leverage and some growth in the team, which might I said, you know earn a little bit more income. So here I have two jobs. I have two jobs. I have a family. I'm working 10, 12 hours a day, and literally between jobs, staying up a little bit later, waking up a little bit earlier, and uh, you know. You know, dr- you know, while driving, making contacts, and so, so uh, once I start earning, which de- replacing my income as a delivery driver didn't take much. Once I uh, replaced my income, I-, I never stopped. I mean, I- I've heard people or I've heard leaders that tell me, Andy, you don't coast. The only way you can coast in this business is downhill. So, so <laughs> never take the foot, never take the foot off the, uh, you know, or, or the, you know, the pedal, you know, from the metal. You, you just got to stay the course. You got to always prospect. So blocking, I mean, it was, it's the most important thing. I can think of, gosh, you know, uh, 50 things I can do today. But if I ignore the, the two, three important things, I am stuck. Now I can ignore everything else. I can ignore all those distractions. I can ignore all those activities that made me, that made me no money and, and, and don't move my life forward. And I can focus on just the two, three principles. And, 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 and the more I do them, the more I focus on them, uh, gosh, the, the further the business uh, just, I mean, grows. And, and I guess uh, the, the key is just blocking the time, focus on, focus on what's important, do them daily. And, and I've got to say one more thing because I think it's so important. You know, having the attitude of doing it, you know, staying on something like on my, on my prospecting came, it was the most important thing for me. I told my wife, so, honey, unless someone is bleeding, please don't bother me. I, I, I'm prospecting. So in my family, we knew that the prospecting time was really, I mean, you know, it was our dream time. It was That's what built my dreams. So attaching my dreams to the process of prospecting and showing the plan, I couldn't help but, you know, just build a business. Brilliant. Tell us about being present to the prospect. Well, when I met you for the first time, uh, I was blown away, and I've shared the story many times. I met you at a mastermind event, and um, and I, I caught you on the hallway, and we spoke for I don't know five, ten, twelve minutes, and and here you you were one of the speakers there, and I believe you talked about the art of vision and self motivation, which was huge for me, and uh, I caught you, and I'm a nobody, I'm a delivery driver, I'm two jobs. I had no idea this business was big. I just, I had no clue. And here you are, one of the, the, the speakers there, and you taking the time to, to share your story, your heart, answer my questions, you know, give me hope, tell me about personal development. I, I never forgot to this day how that made me feel and, what, and how it empowered me because you really communicated that, hey, Man, you know, you've got potential. The fact that you took the time to listen to me and to talk to me when I had nothing, when I was a, just a delivery driver, uh, 40000 in debt, no experience, broken English, you know, you, you doing that for me, it empowered me right then. And uh, so the, the, 
being present with the prospect, I think it's one of the best gifts you can give people. And people always join us. They don't really join our company, our opportunity, our product. Like I just sponsored a guy uh, just a few days ago, Silicon Valley kind of guy, um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, three businesses, very busy. But he said, Andy, uh, you, because I asked him, I said, Matt, what, why? Why did you join? Why, why are you in? He said, you, I, 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 I've never, you're the only guy that got me in direct sales. I see it big because of you. So if you give a prospect the time, I mean, every human being has a story. And I believe if we took the time to slow down and listen to them, I think every person's story can get us emotional and can bring us to tears. And we're all God's highest form of creation. And when we get present with people, we really we speak to their potential and they'll never forget us. Yeah, I uh, actually remember that conversation. I think we were kind of on the escalator or top of the escalator, and I was... Um, that was the second time. Oh, that was the second time. Okay, well, that conversation I I definitely remember. And then we had a third conversation, I think, in a, we went to lunch one day, and this was after, I think this is like, for the more seasoned person, now the new person listening to what I'm about to ask Andy about, don't expect this to happen because it usually doesn't happen, but it can happen. And, you know, in life, it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to what happens to you. It's what you do about it. It's, it's whether you succumb to life's adversities or you rise up and overcome them. And sometimes you build a team and something will happen. I mean, this is business, and these are people, and sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes people quit. Sometimes people join other companies. Sometimes all kinds of, you know, sometimes the company does stuff. They, in your case, they, they change the whole product line. But, Andy, talk about your, you know, having to rebuild. Like you wake up one day and your team's gone, and, and you chose to buckle down and rebuild. Tell us about that. Well, I think you know a lot of people can become successful ones, and uh, which is really applying the principles. And so uh, I knew the business worked; that my company went from uh, services to uh, to an actual product. And you know, the small team I had—I mean, they all left. So here I am alone, basically, with a couple of guys, and uh, I'm struggling. I'm broke at this point. I owe money to IRS, and uh, trying—you know—at the time I was trying to, you know, to uh, live way beyond my, my my means and impress people, which uh, it's a whole different conversation. But um, at this point, at uh, this moment, I just, uh, you know, I had lunch with you. I I, uh, I went to the same event, and you know, mastermind event, and uh, I just, you know, came to said, Richard, can I buy you lunch? And then I'm, you know, I said a prayer prior. To my surprise, you said yes. I bought you lunch, and, I, and it was crazy how we're stuck in a story. I had some limiting beliefs. I had a very disempowering story that was holding me back, and you kind of helping me untangle that story. I come home that weekend, and uh, I had a new goal. You talked about a vision. You, you know, I read the book again, Mark Two, which is a powerful book, and so I had a new vision, and I literally, we got a get-together between me and my sponsor. We got the whole team together in his living room, and I said, guys, 
we are relaunching, reloading, relaunching again. And uh, I relaunched again. And, 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 and I, if I can share this, I think it's so important. You know, I, I heard somebody one time talk about the, the, you know, the Apollo ship, how, how it was over, it used over 900,000 uh, gallons to go from here to the moon, and over 500,000 gallons were used the first two miles. How, you know, you know, you know basically I was, I was taught early in the day that, that, you know, you can break the, the inertia, you can really, if you focus for the first 30, 60, 90 days, uninterrupted concentration, no distractions, have a goal, have a plan, stay focused, just go do. And if you can do that, you know, you break the inertia and then you start creating momentum. And so, you know, relaunching the business again, uh, that, nine, that, that, that first 90 days we, we built a small team of 189 people and today that team is over 15,000 people that does over, uh, gosh, 40 million plus in sales and very grateful for the decision to reload and relaunch one more time. <laughs> yeah, so just to, just to give you a sense of what Andy has built from, I mean, I just want you guys to just dive into his thinking and his feeling. So imagine you, you sponsored 75 people in your first year, and then I think you sponsored 50 people in his second year. You had a pretty good team, and I don't even remember what happened. The company changed product lines or something. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like everybody's gone. And so now what do we do? It's, it is a hundred times harder psychologically from an emotional motivation standpoint to get up to relaunch than it is to start fresh from the beginning. But here's what Andy built from that relaunch. So within a couple of months, they had 189 people I'm reading on the team. Now, how many years ago was that, Andy? Was that five years ago? October of 2000. It was the, the Halloween weekend where I launched my business, October of 11. So I was you know, dead broke. So we launched, you know, we launched during the holidays. No excuses during the holidays. <laughs> six years ago. Yes, sir. Six years ago. So six years of geometric progression. And, you know, the concept, folks, is if you listen to everything Andy said, if you listen to the rocket analogy, which is a beautiful one. So, you know, I don't know how far the moon is, but, um, you know, it's tens of thousands of miles away and 900,000 gallons of fuel to get to the moon, but over half of that is just to get, you know, through the first couple of miles, it's the, first, the heaviest part of gravity. And the same thing is true for building a business. The heaviest part of the gravity in building a business is just getting to 100 or 200 people on your team. But once you get past that point, boy, all you have to do is kind of fan the fire, kind of blow on it, kind of keep the vision, keep encouraging people, and let geometric progressions work. It's the eighth wonder of the world, according to Einstein. It's what makes the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, compounding. And compounding is what makes network marketing different from direct sales. It's what throws gas on the fire. It's the rocket booster fuel. And so you go from 
those first few hundred people, six years later, Andy has 15,000 active distributors. Those are people like Andy. Those are people that, you know, they may not be building a multi-million dollar business, but they're building a business. They're using the products. They're selling the products. They're getting customers, and they're introducing the opportunity to other people. And out of that, he's got 21,000 active preferred customers. Those are, those, that's solid gold. Those are people that are buying the product every month, month in and month out. He's got over 10,000 occasional retail customers on top of that and a $40 million a year business. It's, it's, it's just mind-boggling what you can do if you'll create the state of mind the, the commitment, the discipline, the motivation to get through the gravity of the first couple of years. So, Andy, I want to um, transition and ask you some, um, well, a couple things. One thing is, uh, since you relaunched, so don't go way back in your history, but go into your relaunch in the last six years. In the last six years, what's the biggest mistake you've made? And maybe it was a mistake in building. Maybe it was a mistake in relationships. Maybe it was a mistake in health. Maybe it was a mistake in managing your money. Maybe it was a mistake in integrity. What's the biggest mistake you've made? My, my head got too big for a while. I thought it was all me. <laughs> And uh, you know, pride kicked in. My my uh, my nose was up in the air. My upper lip got sunburned. And and the good word says before. I mean, you know, pride goes before fall. And uh, it's just. Uh, I mean, I'm here because I have an amazing team. And the progression actually, the the geometric progression happens. You know, if when you sponsor somebody and you launch them right, you give them a track to run on. You just told them how they can actually sponsor somebody right. When you prospect someone right, you just gave them a track to run on how to prospect someone right. And, and then, you, you know, you bring the personal development to the team. So, so I guess one of my biggest ones, you know, which was, you know, became prideful, became cocky. It was costly, but I, I, I learned really soon. Uh, and then also um, in the beginning, I, I, I blew so much money. I was trying to impress people, not with the truth. I was spending money I didn't have, you know, because I didn't feel much inside. And I fell into the whole idea of buy now, pay later, learned a very expensive lesson. And, uh, and of course, I fixed that, you know, later on, and that lesson uh, has really set me free financially. All right. So let's talk about personal development because my uh, my guess is how you healed that hole so that you didn't have to try to heal it with throwing your money around. That's that was a shift for you. What have you done in the last six years specifically? to embrace personal development like what are your what are your favorite books what are your favorite audio programs what are your disciplines have you been to any transformational events what's your what is what's your path 
I am, uh, so since I launched, after I became, after I got rid of my, my jobs, I literally spent two, three hours a day, every single day. It was first thing in the morning. I would wake up really early and was just my time for me. No phones, no laptop in the office. It was just me, my journals, my books, and uh, my, my CDs in the background. Sometimes I would just, I would read like a powerful book or I'd have an amazing verse that spoke to my heart. I would pause, I would compare my paradigm, my thoughts with what I just read, and I kind of would get out of myself and re-examine the fabric of my own thought. So, so just making it a, a, a daily habit, like my time to go every morning from my home to the gym is a good 10, 15 minutes. I take no phone calls. You know, going to and from the gym is my time to listen to a good CD. My car will never start without gasoline and a good CD. And uh, reading and journaling, every, you know, every day. Um, I'm big on events. I mean, because... You know, going to that mastermind event, Richard, uh, meeting you, even though I was so broke, I could not afford to go. I knew that if nothing changed, nothing changed. So I'm making a decision to, to go there, got inspired, got stirred up, got lifted, you know, 30,000 foot view, you know, uh, from where I was. Uh, it helped me, it literally catapulted me, you know, in business. So I'm big on events. I've been to your your vision workshop, I believe. I mean, that's that's one of the. If we if we're to hire the best coaches in the world right now, you know, one thing that they would work with us is they would help us get clear about our reasons. Most people don't have compelling enough reasons. Once you have compelling reasons, I believe the second thing that would work with us would be a crystal clear vision of the future. Because if you have a vision, you can help, you know, that vision kind of corrects your activity, your behavior, and that vision will inspire and it will pull. So, um, so my belief is you don't, really, you don't really grow a team, you just grow people and people grow your team. So I am, I mean, personal development has had the biggest impact in my life. And you've been to Mastermind event how many times? I have never missed. Mm -hmm. I have been there every single year. I, I cannot, the things that I did to get me here, if I stop doing them, I'll go backwards. I'll never stop. Yeah. So if you're not, those of you that don't, maybe don't know what Mastermind event, it's an annual generic three-day event usually held in Orlando, Florida around Halloween uh, created by Art Jonak. You know, it's probably 20 different multi-million dollar network marketing speakers, some on strategy, some on personal development. Um, you get a lot from the speakers. You probably get even more just being in the presence of thousands of like-minded, like-hearted people. So, yeah. So, uh, Andy, this you know, might be a little bit repetitious. we got just maybe a minute uh, to wrap up here. But uh, I want you to visualize, you know, people are going to be listening to this podcast today, tomorrow, next week, but they're going to be listening five years from now. You know, why not ten years from now? Maybe more interestingly, People are going to be listening to this podcast in Albania 
in Nigeria, in Bolivia, in Vietnam. And the people that I'm thinking about that will be listening to it, about all they have is hope. And I'm not a big fan of hope as a strategy, but if all you've got is hope, that's certainly better than no hope. So what would you say to these people to take them beyond hope? If you had just a minute to speak to somebody like you that's in one of these countries, you know, maybe they're in some little town in America or some little town in Canada or Mexico or some place in the world, and all they have is hope. What would you say to them to take them beyond hope? Well, I, I'm, what a great question. It's a loaded question. So, you know, hope doesn't always, a lot of people have hope and they're stuck. When you turn your hope into belief, and when that belief becomes unshakable, you know, belief in yourself, belief in the profession, belief in your company, belief in the product, belief in the people that you prospect, belief in your team members, when you can truly have an unshakable belief, because I've always believed that the top earners are not necessarily 50 or 100 times better. They may, be, they may believe 50 times bigger than you. So, and, and, you, and you build a belief by learning, by growing, by applying what you learn every day, by staying focused, by speaking hope, by protecting your dream, by protecting, by, by being around people that can add and can build your belief, not cause you doubts and fear. So, you know, all I can say is if it can happen for a pizza delivery driver who started broke, who started behind, had no contacts, had no skills, had so many fears, so many insecurities, so many, you know, disempowering stories and limiting beliefs. If it can happen for me by learning to dream again, by learning to catch a new vision, by, by deciding to believe in something bigger and better, and by putting the action and the work behind it and by staying the course, until without losing sight of, 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 of that vision, I'm telling you, all things are possible. Beautiful, Andy. And your story is uh, a profound example of that. Uh, I, there's so much gold in this. I mean, we could have spent hours drilling down on the wisdom, um, falling in love with the process, blocking the time out and the dedication and enrolling your family in the commitment uh, being present to the prospect, uh, and just so believing and appreciating uh, the opportunity that you took advantage of it. And I know you know this. Maybe not a lot of people in America know this, but people die every day around the world, every day. I mean, I don't, I don't know specifically, but I, I'm pretty sure – while we conducted this call, somebody around the world, uh, a child, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, died making an all-out effort to get to this country. And, and the reason people are willing to die to get to the United States of America is because with all of our faults, and we certainly have a lot of them, 
this is the land of free enterprise. This is the land where 44% of the people that run our largest corporations are immigrants. This is the land where anybody can make it. This is the land where somebody can come here, go to college, and while they're in college, they can actually learn to speak English. They can start off as a pizza delivery guy. They can, they can get in an opportunity where, you know, 95% of the people that would get in the opportunity don't do anything with, with it. And he not only does something with it, he builds a $40 million business in six years. I mean, I, I don't think you can do that in Albania. I don't think you can do that legally in Mexico. <laughs> I, 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 this is it. And, you know, probably one of the biggest tragedies um, that exists for people in America is we just don't appreciate it. For us, it's like water to a fish. We just take it for granted. Thank you, my friend. You are a shining star, and um so appreciate the visit that you made to Lanai last year. We loved having you guys here, and I look forward to seeing you down the road. Thank you, Richard. Bless you. Thank you for all you do. I appreciate you guys so much. You bet. Hey, good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the call. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue. 